Kiddushin Daf Ayin Hei Amud Beis When fear motivates virtue, Rabbi Akiva Savar Kutim Gere Emet Hein Sometimes we do good deeds, we do virtuous things, but we do it for selfish reasons. We do it for our, for our own reasons. That doesn't invalidate the virtue. The fact that sometimes a good thing is done for a, for a selfish reason doesn't mean it wasn't a good thing. We learn that, that we owe our karata tov even for people who do things for us, but they're not motivated by the chesed. They're doing it for their own reasons. Rabbi talks about how, how much of a debt of gratitude we owe to business people for all the good things, all the products they've created, all the services and solutions they, they've given us. I, they did it for, for profit, they did it for motives of profit, it doesn't matter. Even if somebody does something for, for self-interest, if it benefits us, there's a, there's a chiv of akaratatov. So this relationship between motivation and the purity of intent, of course, purity of intent improves the quality of the action. An action, a chesed or any other mitzvah, which is done absolutely for its own sake and for, for pure intent has a much higher quality than an action which is done for selfish intent, but it doesn't invalidate the action. Let's try and understand that more deeply in the Gemara that we have. Our Gemara is Machlokas Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. The Gemara brings Shalosh Machlokot Bedavad, three different opinions on the matter of the Kutim. The Kutim of the, are the Shomronim, whose descendants we still have in, in Israel today and elsewhere in the world, the Samaritans. And the, the story of the Shomronim goes back to Malachim Be'ez chapter Yud Zayin, which is the end of the period of the, of the ten tribes of Israel. So the country was divided into Yehuda and Yisrael. Yisrael had deteriorated in terms of, both in terms of, of their morality and their, and their Shmirat Torah, the extent to which they observed the Torah. And they developed a kind of blend of idolatry and monotheism. And that's what they were practicing. Things got worse and worse, and eventually the king of Ashur captures Hoshea, the last king of Israel, and takes them into captivity. Shomron is left desolate. The king of Ashur doesn't want Shomron to be desolate, and so he sends diverse nations into the Shomron area to populate it so that it shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't go to waste. The Tanakh tells us Hashem released lions among them. There were, in those days, there were lots of lions in the open areas of, of Eretz Israel. And the lions attack these people. They send a message to the king of Ashur, these various diverse nations, and they say, you've sent us to a country. We don't understand the culture. We don't understand the religion. We don't understand how to serve their God. And their God is now angry at us, and he sent lions. This is not a good thing. Oh, says the king of Ashur, no problem. Among the Jews that I exiled into, into Ashur are the Kohanim from Israel. There were, there were Kohanim that were among them, and I'll send you a few Kohanim to teach you how to live in Eretz Israel according to the laws of, of, of the Torah. Now, of course, the Kohanim that, that were in Shomron were left-wing conservative and, and reform Kohanim. They'd already developed a completely different religion with a very, very progressive liberals, a bit, of, a bit of Yiddishkeit, a bit of other religions, a bit of Buddhism, a bit of Christianity, push it all together, and now we're very liberal. That was the Kohanim. So these Kohanim come back and they teach the residents of Shomron this new form of, of Yiddishkeit which they adopt, this kind of progressive liberal Judaism, and, and, and that's what they adopt, and, and, the, and the lions go away. So now we have a, a big issue that comes up, and we had it back in Yevomus on Davchavdalad Amud Beis, and we've got it here and in Sanhedrin and elsewhere. What is the status of these Shomronim? 
So they converted to a form of Yiddishkeit. What, what is our relationship to them? How do we work with them? So Al-Gamora says, Rabbi Ishmael Savar Kutim Geirei Arayoten. The Kutim, that's the Shomronim, are considered converts who converted to save their skins from the lions. As far as we're concerned, they're not, they're not Jewish. Rabbi Akiva Savar Kutim Geirei And Rabbi Akiva says, no, the Kutim are good. They're, they're full Geirei. They're full converts. So that goes back into the Gemara in, in Yevomus, where the Gemara says in a case where a woman is said to be non-Jewish, a man wants to marry her, so he converts her. They're not sure if she is or she isn't non-Jewish. So they, he gives her a conversion and marries her. It's not the right thing to do. But if they did get married, we don't stop the marriage. Says the Gemara, even though this girl became a convert for one reason only, and that's to marry this Jewish man. She had no intention to convert a Yiddish guy, but the Mishnah seems to imply that the Gairus is valid. The question is whether they can live together, they can't live together, but there's no question about the validity of the Gairus or Amini. Whether a man gets converted for the sake of a woman. Or a woman who gets converted for the sake of a man. A person gets converts because he's, he or she is marrying a very wealthy person who happens to be Jewish. So they, they want the wealthy life. And for that they've got to convert, so they convert. Have you ever heard of cases like these, that people would do such a thing? Rabbi says these are not gerim. The, the gerus is not valid. Whether they did it because of the lions, or some magician, some dreamer, some Kabbalist told the person they should convert, a good thing to do. From the time of Mordechai and Esther, when it became suddenly fashionable to become Jewish. They're not gerim unless they convert the way we convert people today, which has to be L'Shem Torah Mitzvot. Nevertheless, so the Gemara goes into, so what does the Mishnah hold? The Mishnah clearly holds separately, like the Rabbonon have a different view. And the Halakha is, Kedivrei HaOmer Kulam Geirim Hem. The Halakha is, those are all valid Geirus. Even if the intention, the motivation is insincere, if they went through the process properly and they adopt Yiddishkeit properly, then, then it's a good thing. Asks Tosfis, so says Tosfis, Va'afilu Geirei Arayot. And even Gerei Arayot, according to the Rabbonin, and that's the way we paskin, even Gerei Arayot are good Gerim. They satisfy the requirements of Gerim. Even Gerei Arayot, even if they did it because they're afraid of the lions. So what's the whole machlokis about the Kutim? What's the whole machlokis about the Shomronim? If we hold Lahalocha that even Gerei Arayot are proper Gerim, why do we have this whole controversy about the uh, Shomronim? Says Tosfos, that's different. That's a different case. There are some that say those kutim, those shomronim, are gerei arayot, like Rabbi Nechemiah. Because there they continued serving their gods. Yes, they adopted Yiddishkeit, but they didn't give up their religion. They blended their religion into Yiddishkeit. That tells you that their conversion wasn't valid. It's not because of the lions. If the lions made them convert completely, even if it was for fear, and they're sitting in front of the basin, the basin says, why are you converting? They say, because we're terrified of these lions attacking us. That's why we're converting us. And then the, the Beisdin would say, but do you accept Torah and Mitzvahs? They say, 100%. 
and they become frum, and they cover, the women cover their heads, and the men sit and learn in yeshiva, and they put on talus and tefillin, and, the, and you say, why did you do it? Because of the lions. But I'm doing it right. That would be okay. The problem with the Shomronim was they never gave up their Avodah Zorah. They always clung to their Avodah Zorah and, and blended it into the Yiddish guy. That's why it's not, a, it, it's not valid. So in that case, how does Rabbi Akiva say that the Shomronim are valid Gerim? Says Tosfus, because he holds that they did Gerus again. That there was a later conversion where they converted once again. And the Ridvog goes into it, explains the Tosfus, and he says, This is the Ritvo in Yevomus. And the one who holds that they're kosher is because they were misgayer with a full heart. There's a difference between having a full heart and a sincere intention. And we've got to be able to separate. We often talk about how important some of these nuances are in our secular lives. We don't always make these distinctions, these very fine distinctions. We say, you did it because you were afraid. Yes, but I did it sincerely. My motivation was not a pure motivation, but the action was a pure and a complete, uh, and a complete action. One has to be able to do that. You, know, you can say, Mr. Bill Gates, why did you create desktop computers and give this computing power to the world? And he might answer in one of two ways. He might say, well, I wanted the world to have this kind of, just thought it would be good for the world. Really? You didn't do it for profit? No, I also did it for profit. Does that invalidate the action? No, it doesn't. The action is a good action, even if it was done for personal, for self-interest reasons, the action is still a valid action and has to be judged on its own merits. The Agav Unsayu says the Ritvo, Gamru Kiblu, because through their onus, through their forced circumstances, they made an absolute commitment. So you can have sincerity even if motivation is, is selfish. It's a very important idea. Somebody says, oh, but they did it for self-interest. And then we tend to say, oh, so that invalidated. Oh, they did it for self-interest. That's not, no. Okay, they did it for self-interest, but did they do the right thing? If a person does the right thing, even if it's for self-interest, that's valid. There's, there's greatness in that too. It's not as great as doing the right thing just for the sake of the right thing, but still it's, it is the right thing. Even though it was done because of the ones, it was done because of this compulsion. It's still a gerus, explains the Ritvo. And our Ritvon here in Kiddushin also talks about that. He gives two reasons as why Rabbi Shmuel says, Kutim Gere Arayotain. Why are the Shomronim Gere Arayot according to Rabbi Shmuel? Bahavulu Goim Gemurim, they're complete Goim. Why? Even though we learn that if a person does it for selfish reasons, it could still be valid. Rabbi Shmuel doesn't agree. So we have two views. Rabbi Shmuel holds something done for the wrong reason is wrong. Rabbi Shmuel is quite extreme in that. Rabbi Akiva says not so. You can bifurcate the, the motivation and the action. A good action done for a bad motivation, the action is still, is still good. And then the Ritvo gives the second reason because they converted and he explains that. So just to understand that clearly, we have a similar concept, but, but we're going to understand the differences with the famous Rambam in Hechus Gerushin where the Rambam says, if a man gives a woman a get, it has to be willingly. And what do we say if he doesn't want to give a get and the Bezdin Paskin, he has to give her a get? Then the Bezdin force her. They beat him, they do whatever they need to do to force him to give her a get. Asks the Rambam, why is that say, why is this not an invalid get? 
if we've forced him to do it, says the Rambam, because that idea of it being invalid because you're forced is only if you're forcing somebody to do something that you're not chayev. But if you're forcing somebody to do something they're obligated to do as a Jew, this person is a Jew and they want to be part of the Jewish people. There is a sub-will. We talked yesterday about Ratzon, about will. So there are now two levels of will, says the Rambam. There's a will which is, I want to be part of the Jewish people. I want to do the right thing. But this wife of mine, she's not getting a get from me. Uh, but the Chachomim say, but that's the right thing to do. He says, yeah, I'll, everything except that. I'm not, that I'm not doing. So we beat him, says the Rambam. We're only beating him into submission to his own deeper will. We're not beating him into submission to our will. His own deeper will, says the Rambam, is who anasat small bedatoara. He created the pressure with his yetzahorah. Since he wants to be a Jewish people, deep down he wants to do the mitzvahs. It's just his, uh, his ego gets in the way and all the stuff gets in the way. So when you move, remove that out, you're left with this basic, the subliminal ratzon, which is a ratzon to be a Jewish person. So that's in the case of Gitin, where there's a requirement that it has to be done voluntary. There are two cases. There's the case of Gitin and the case of Korbanot. A korban has to be brought liritzono. But we say if a person is chayev to bring a korban and refuses, we force him to bring a korban. How can you force him? It's not liritzono. So we use the same principle of the, of the Rambam. Deep down, that's what he wants. But can you apply the same here? In this case, we're talking about a non-Jew who doesn't have that deep will to be part of the Jewish people. That's not why they're doing it. They're just afraid of the lions or, or they're after the money or whatever the, reason, or whatever the reason is. So this idea of the Rambam doesn't really apply. So what is Rabbi Akiva teaching us? That even then, the fact that they're doing it out of force, the fact that they're, they're doing it by, by force of circumstance, not by choice, that doesn't invalidate it. So Rabbi Akiva is teaching us yet an, another principle, not the same as the Rambams. It's going further than that. That in a situation where it doesn't have to be by choice, there's a difference of something being by choice and something being a sincere decision. The a get has to be by choice. A korban has to be by choice. But the other mitzvot of the Torah don't have to be by choice. You don't have to put on tefillin by choice. You don't have to keep Shabbos by choice. Of course, it's better if you do. At the end of the day, you have to keep Shabbos and you do. So if you're keeping Shabbos because you appreciate the idea of a day away from, from technology, that's why you're keeping Shabbos. That also has a certain validity because you're doing, you're doing the right thing. When we do the right thing, we've got to appreciate the value in a right thing, even if the motivation and the intention is a wrong thing. So he explains Toysfus and the Ritvo. Those who say that, that it wasn't a valid conversion in the case of the Shomronim in Melachim, the reason for that was because they never completely converted. They didn't, they didn't actually keep Yiddishkeit. But if they would have kept Yiddishkeit, the fact that it was motivated by a selfish interest of preservation and survival, that, that doesn't make it possible. That doesn't, assert, that doesn't mean that, it, that it's invalid. Sometimes we do things driven by our own self-interest and desire for survival, and yet the things we do are good and positive, and we have to recognize that and accept the, the validity of the good things that people do, even if they do it for the wrong reasons. <laughs>